Hello everyone and welcome to Millennial Rewind, where we take a not-so-sentimental look at the movies and TV shows that were around when millennials were growing up. I'm your host, Nick, coming to you from the vapid people deceiving each other for personal gain capital of the world, Los Angeles, California. And joining me here in the City of Angels is my co-host, Jules. Jules, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm bringing peace to foreign countries by thoroughly researching how to arrange my furniture and shape my ass. You know, it's always good to have hobbies. And joining us from the weeping over rib flesh of Southern California, the Inland Empire, is my other co-host, John. John, what's happening? I'm not doing so good, man. I, I had a bad time last night, to be honest. Oh, no. What happened? Well, I made a solo trip to the cinema, as, you know, I do. And some asshole would not shut up during the movie. So once again, I have to knock their date out, even though they were trying to keep that asshole quiet anyway, because that's how equality works, apparently. Jesus Christ. <laughs> John, just, John just picked up on my hero from this movie. He really did. <laughs> he was the best character. Oh... Uh... <laughs> Anyways, before we explain who that best character was, uh, if you like what you hear today, please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to share the show with anyone you think might like to listen as well. So all of that was because we watched for Valentine's Day, Valentine's Month, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And John, how would you tell someone you watched How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days without using the title? Congratulations. You got me to break up with you in just one movie. <laughs> Uh, and Jules, if the producers had asked you to come up with a different title for this, what would it be? This movie's so vain, it probably thinks it's <laughs> vaguely entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> God, right? Fuck, from my perspective, it was like, how to lose Nick's interest in 10 seconds. <laughs> Holy fuck. I really had something like that, but I was like, ah, that's too close to using the title. Like, <laughs> let me find a thesaurus and figure out how to do this. God, I texted these guys like during my first watch and literally I'm like, I'm on the first scene and I hate this movie. <laughs> I actually love it in a sort of, it's so easy to rip on kind of way. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's kind of like Napoleon Dynamite for me. Like, I'm going to love talking about this movie, but I can't stand to sit through it. Oh, I see. Got it. Yeah. No, I, I think I'm going to enjoy ripping this apart. But God, the first watch through, I was just like, fuck this movie. Fuck these people. <laughs> Jesus Christ, who wrote this dialogue? Holy fuck fuck this is movie is so on the nose that it's like ju it's just the guy punching matthew mcconaughey in the face levels of on the nose <laughs> <laughs> but believe it or not this was actually the first romantic comedy that i ever saw on the big screen Unle unless you count titanic which is also hilarious <laughs> i mean i was just in the theater during that movie saying ah you're all gonna drown <laughs> spoilers <laughs> there you go again god <laughs> but yeah, you know, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, you know, it was a soft conflict movie, contributed to the whole single lady working at a magazine trope that we're now stuck with in not just movies, but television. But uh, other than that, I mean, it it showed up. It, it You know, the movie was present, so I wouldn't go much further than that in terms of changing me as a person. It wasn't as bad as Failure to Launch, which was a worse Matthew McConaughey romantic comedy. My mother loves that movie. Oh, dear God. <laughs> she, she, she watched it so often when she first got the DVD. I, I, I can't explain Is it. Is it because you have failed to launch? Or your brother? I had not launched at that moment, so probably. <laughs> I had not launched. 
How about you, John? Where'd you where'd you see this? I don't remember. Cool. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no follow up questions. No, nope, let's leave it. <laughs> don't remember. Don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like Jules. I definitely saw this in theaters because this came out at a time where I just saw everything in theaters during my my boarding school days. I don't think I saw it at the theater in the town where I went to boarding school. I think this was like I was home on on break and I went to the theater and that's it. Yeah, it's like this this movie existed. I saw it. And then I don't think I've seen it since. Or maybe I caught it once on video. Who knows? But this is not a defining movie in my life. Literally, the only thing I remembered from this movie before I rewatched it for the show was the the crying over the lamb chops and Kate Hudson singing Mary Had a Little Lamb Very Weepily. The only thing I remembered before rewatching it for this was the duet, if you could call it that, of Carly Simon. But I remember it being like my brain made it not as bad. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this part. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so much worse than I remember it being. (laughs) Oh, what little of my soul remained at the start of this movie was thoroughly squashed by that shitty duet. It's it's gone now. Yeah, I didn't remember it just being a shouting match. So I did. (laughs) Okay, cool. Julian has a more reliable memory. (laughs) (laughs) so when we do our nefarious deeds we need to remember to exclude him yes no witnesses at least none that are reliable (laughs) yeah honestly from a filmmaking perspective like i don't know who the hell this director is i don't know like the writer is unremarkable the only thing that like blew me away was some of the minor actors who showed up like Catherine Catherine hahn right yes of WandaVision fame is in this, and she's she's one of the best parts of the movie. She she is absolutely adorable. They do I, not I do like get the most out of her, though. I, I don't feel like no, the character don't. she oh, plays no. is worthy of her. No. I don't think they get the most out of anyone, to be honest. <laughs> they have fucking Lieutenant Dangle fucking Thomas Lennon <laughs> in this, yes, and they, they do. do. Fuck yes, all with him. They, they have Adam Goldberg from Saving Private Ryan, and he... God, he he phoned it in. He was just like, I know what this movie is. I'm going to give it the exact level of effort it deserves. I'm going to give as much energy as it deserves and not an ounce more. Yeah, again, I kind of feel like that's everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, Matthew McConaughey gives this movie his all. He gives a very McConaughey. He gives a very Matthew McConaughey performance. Yes, Matthew McConaughey, as we've seen recently, is a very capable actor. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, this is pre. What's it? The McConaissance, I think, is what they called it. This is pre McConaissance McConaughey before he did Dallas Buyers Club and True Detective. Yes. What really snapped for me was when I finally saw Reign of Fire. It was like years after. Oh, it that came was out. good, wasn't it? The dragon good movie. Fun, yeah. And they're like, yeah, Matthew McConaughey's in this. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and when he showed up, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, he is a stone badass in that movie. Yeah, he plays this crazy American dragon slayer in a helicopter. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And he plays it completely straight, and he is terrifying. It's amazing. Uh, we should have watched that movie for Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Just a man and his dragon. Dude, McConaughey and Christian Bale. If you thought that Busey and Rico's halves were a love story, goddamn. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> that is, hell yeah. 
It is the love story we deserve and need in these trying times. Uh, well, clearly we have nothing more to say about the, the movie before you know diving into it. So we're going to take a break and get this shit out of our system. And when we come back, we'll start breaking down how to lose a guy in 10 days. Hello? Hi, Ben's mom. I'm Ben's girlfriend, Andy. Oh, uh, Ben didn't mention he has a girlfriend. Also, you have a guy's name, which is a totally appropriate comment to make in 2003, so don't get angry. Yeah, we. I mean, we've only been dating for a few days now. Oh, a few days? That's that's like the longest he's ever dated someone. You must be pretty special, young lady. Oh, oh, I'm amazing. Okay, a uh, little arrogant, but that's fine. Uh, so, Andy, why are you calling? Uh, it's actually a little early in a relationship to be calling someone's parents who you're dating. It's a little weird. Uh, did Ben give you our number? Oh, no, and uh, no, it's not too early. Just don't think about it. Okay, uh, I am thinking about it. And how did you get our number then? No, seriously, don't worry about it. I was just wondering if you could send me some of Ben's baby pictures. Okay, so why why would you want Ben's baby pictures? Oh, it, it it's nothing big. I, I'm just gonna Photoshop them into an album of what our future kids are gonna look like. Okay, you want to Photoshop his baby pictures into an album of what your future children will look like? Yeah, that's what I said. Uh huh. Are you in? Okay, Andy, hun, I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. Uh, that's fucking crazy. That's like Ted Bundy and Ed Gein levels of psycho. Seriously, I'm actually worried about Ben's safety. Hang on. I'm going to text him right now about this conversation. Oh, he already replied. He's breaking up with you, even though that means losing a bet at work. So, Andy, hon, uh, get some help and don't call here again. Bye. Wait, uh, texting. Is that a thing yet? <sighs> now, how am I going to bring peace to Tajikistan? It's fine. We have plenty of peace here. Don't ask questions. But what if I write a letter? Oh, shit. That will change everything. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and we're back, and we're going to open up on a montage of Kate Hudson doing goofy things like feng shui and hanging upside down for Composure magazine. Yeah, the headlines start flying over the screen, and the one that stood out is, your big booty can be a big asset, start loving it today. And my note to that is, see, I told you, John. (laughs) That is the ample ass, thank you very much. It is more than sufficient. (laughs) Yeah, this was like the period of time where women having big asses was not considered attractive, and what were we thinking? God damn it. (laughs) So true. Yeah, I very much glossed over the headlines. I did, of course, freeze frame to try and read the articles, and they're so boring. They are so boring. But at the same time, they are exactly what you would expect from a magazine like that. So points for accuracy, I guess. Also, points for her doing the research. But points off the the most boring name in the entire world, Andy Anderson. I mean, the only thing dumber would be Benjamin Barry, right? That would be even dumber, yes. I mean, don't strain two brain cells to try to come up with a character name. You know, one's more than enough. God, yeah, no, her name is Andy Anderson. Uh, I will not be calling her that because fuck that name. <laughs> I'll be calling her Kate Hudson. <laughs> 
But yeah, all these all these titles are just I, I just couldn't help myself. You know, a little hard work for a little hard butt. <laughs> and I'll have you know that my skinny ass takes zero work. <laughs> exactly. It's all natural, baby. And the attractive woman falls over storytelling trick to make us like her. You know what? I'm not gonna fall for it this time. Not this time. Oh no, because she's gonna be a heinous human being and like in the most unlikable sort of way. And especially because she validates feng shui instead of condemning it to its nothing more than bullshit status. Yes, it is nothing more than bullshit. You're only saying that because your microphone stand is blocking your chi flow. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, it's it's Composure Magazine. It's a cosmopolitan ripoff. We know the level of articles. How to talk your way out of a ticket, and is it just me, or has that always seemed weird, that we're encouraging people to manipulate their way out of crimes instead of facing the consequences of their actions? Uh, this is called living in America, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> My freedom! Exactly. I'm a sovereign citizen, and I do not consent <laughs> to this search. This is exactly what happens when society has no world wars to put their lives into perspective. And I, for one, won't tolerate it. So, who wants to invade Ukraine with me? Come on. Sorry, weird tangent. (laughs) That got dark pretty quick, but I'm still up for a war over this movie. (laughs) Because she's about to try to bring peace to Tajikistan. (laughs) Yes, we're at this fucking magazine now, and she's writing a serious article about how to bring peace to Tajikistan. And by the way, I mean, historically accurate, Tajikistan had just gone through some, like, civil war strife and was still pretty tenuous at this stage. But... She knows the magazine that she's working at. She knows this will never get published here. What the fuck is she doing? (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is my biggest thing with this movie is I can't get into her character for this reason. And her friend at work literally says moving, but it will never appear in Composure magazine. She flat out gets told this in the opening scene of the movie. And so she, Kate Hudson supposedly has a master's degree. From Columbia University, no less. Right. So that means that I expect her to have a level of critical thinking. (laughs) That's ambitious. (laughs) And she really believes that doing really good at her how-to article job is going to allow her to do this sort of thing? No, no, no. If you got a staff job at guns and ammo and you really believe that your report about the socioeconomic impact of fair trade sustainable coffee growing is going to get published in that magazine how the fuck do you have like any college education whatsoever seriously yeah you are you are very dumb we also learned in this scene that through the power of skankiness she got the editor of sports illustrated to give her a pair of nba uh, finals tickets so uh go lady there's a lot of i busted my butt keep busting your butt kind of talk too i'm getting some serious top gun vibes here i want butts the scene is it's just dialogue it's just exposition dump like my note here is the scene isn't an info dump it's more info diarrhea it's just god it's it's so poorly written so I just have this woman down as generic friend, like because she's not Catherine Hahn, so I don't care. Uh, so she invites generic friend to come with her to the game. Right, but generic friend is the one who scored the tickets? No, no, no. Kate, Kate Hudson scored the tickets by... Flirting on the phone with some dude from another magazine. Sports Illustrated editor. Yeah. I thought friend was saying she did the flirting on the phone because she actually had the envelope, yet somehow didn't know what was inside him. It was very confusing, maybe just because I failed to pay attention i mean that's not your fault that's the the scene's fault this scene is terrible it's like such a bad opening scene this is this is exactly when i was texting you guys being like i hate this movie because this scene was so poorly written 
<laughs> it does at least set up that they'll use their wiles to get their way. It doesn't matter. Yep. But women do. So another writer comes in to remind them about the staff meeting, and she has chopsticks in her hair because Asian. <laughs> right? <laughs> I have her down as happy Asian lady. <laughs> God, right? <laughs> Good morning and staff meeting in 30. And they have to go get Catherine Han because she's not there. And I have a question. I've never been to New York, but can you make any round trip there in 30 minutes? It really depends on how close you are to work. Maybe. Qu- question mark. Okay. Could you make this trip? Because even if you're close, you got to get Catherine Hong cleaned up. You got to stop and get coffee. There was a lot of steps that went into this. There was half a lot hour. going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, apparently can't leave without her Revlon samples because woman. <laughs> Uh, so now we're out on the streets and Matthew McConaughey motorcycles to work because Matthew McConaughey. Was I the only one who was distracted by the fact that there is literally an executive producer called Richard Vane? <laughs> is that why the song's in the movie? I really hope so. This dick is vain, I swear. I was just all Dick Vane. <laughs> I think that's my new screen name. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah one of his uh, lady co-workers she's one of the judies she's reading composure magazine he's like gives her shit for it, and she's like no it's the fastest growing magazine in america and several of our clients advertise in it They're, they work at an ad agency and so yeah you maybe you should should read it the other judy comes out and honestly these two should have like in my head canon they are a lesbian power couple oh yeah Mm-hmm. They and they schedule sex as foreplay. Like that is, <laughs> they are some handsome ladies, and I they they are they are together in my mind. Uh so Kate Hudson arrives at Catherine Hahn's place again. I it just blew my mind that Catherine Hahn was in this movie, and she's super weepy because she got dumped by a guy she was seeing for a whole week. Yeah, this is not Catherine Hahn. I mean, this character mm-hmm. is setting back women about sixty years right now. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, so far back, like, she's in the kitchen. And it was the best week of her life, and then Kate Hudson pours out the Revlon bag, and these were bigger than samples, right? This is just full-on makeup that she's pouring out of this this Revlon. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. Get up, we gotta go. And the sun's out, and how did she not follow that up with buns out? (laughs) Or guns out, just fucking start flexing. yeah. There were options. Or tums out, wear a little midriff. Yeah. Well, Huns out, and then they just start storming Rome. No, sorry, different movie. (laughs) It would have been so much better if they (laughs) invaded Rome. (laughs) Uh, So we're in Matthew McConaughey's office. We learned his sidekicks are Thomas Lennon and Adam Goldberg, as we were mentioning at the top. It turns out this big-ass diamond company that... the biggest diamond company in the world is looking for a new ad agency, and that means that he thinks he's going to land this account, but it turns out boss is going to put the Judies on it. He also learns that they're going to have drinks that night to discuss the plans, and he's going to crash those drinks to convince the boss to give him the account because it was his tip. There is one one moment I enjoyed here, actually, is that Matthew McConaughey reminds us that diamonds are an advertising scam. Yes, they are. Well done, movie. See, I thought it was like you were going to say that it's because he took his shirt off. And, well, the three uh, girls ogling him, you know, it's nice to nice to objectify as much as you can in movies like this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you get Matthew McConaughey in your movie and you're not having him be shirtless at some point, you are wasting Matthew McConaughey. That's just that's just facts. I'm actually impressed we haven't gone for an all right, all right, all right yet. Oh, I specifically intended not to. 
<laughs> I, I think we should outline that this is a challenge for us to not use that phrase. Oh, it's easy. I'm I'm so sick of it. It won't happen. At least not for me. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, fuck you both. <laughs> John, so fuck off. <laughs> I thought I had no more fucks to give after watching this, but wow, I'm surprised. <laughs> There's always that spare fuck in your pocket. It's like the freezer burrito. <laughs> <laughs> So outside the magazine office, Kit Hudson and Catherine Hahn arrive and meet up with generic friend uh, who's got coffee for them. Nice generic friend. Catherine Hahn is still weeping. She's like wondering why this always happens to her. And, you know, they, they press her for details. Like, well, you're like, what did you do? We're doing with this guy. One of the things she did was she reveals that she cried during sex and told the guy she loved him. And my note here is now I know where Jules learned his signature sex move. Well, I was going to say, I was, my note for this is, wait, is that weird? <laughs> psychically linked Jules. Are psychically really is. Linked. I, I am. I am Catherine Hahn in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> And she like called him like left dozens of mess. Well, I didn't leave dozens of like called him dozens of times because he got busy, but she didn't leave any messages. So she's not crazy. Again, <laughs> it's this weird. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely too fat. I know that. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is probably why you can't keep a man. Jules. I know. I try so hard. You guys. <laughs> And yeah, Catherine Hahn's like, oh, the real reason why she dumped me, he dumped me is because I'm fat. And no, the fuck you're not. I agree with your friends on this one, Kahan. You are not fat. Excellent comedic timing by those elevator doors, though. Yes. And Catherine, yeah, she's like not taking any of Kate Hudson's encouragement because she's like, oh, well, look, you could barf on a dude and he wouldn't break up with you. And that, uh, pin in that. This is sadly not Chekhov's vomit. This is not Chekhov. Agreed. This is not the only time, like, we will hear, there will be reference to Kate Hudson barfing later in the movie, and yeah, there's no Chekhov's barf. So now we're in B.B. fucking Neuwirth's office. Lilith from Cheers and Frasier. Holy shit. And they wasted her. Like, she's a great actress. I loved her. Wasted B.B. Neuwirth. I mean, not entirely wasted. She she does play this sort of villainous boss in a, in a, in a decent way. She, she doesn't yeah. turn it in, and it's not like there are no lines that they give her. Right. I mean, she's not Meryl Streep in... No, but this is not a Meryl Streep movie. <laughs> I say, but that was a good movie. That is true. That was a good movie. I love how we didn't even have to say the name of it. It's because I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you trailed off, and it's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> What's the name of that movie? Fuck. Divorce to... Prada. The Devil Wears Prada. Okay. Okay. So they're having the staff meeting. All the writers are there. Baby Norworth makes them take their shoes off after they've entered the office just so they can have a barefoot meeting. If it's like, okay, take your shoes off because I'm a neat freak and I don't want you tra trailing your shoes through my office, that I would kind of get. But it's just like, all right, you're all sitting. Shoes off. I have a foot fetish. Uh, uh, most of my notes, including this moment, are just a big, long fuck. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we learned that uh, Asian Chopsticks Hair Lady uh, is kind of teacher's pet in a way. Like she is just like pitching article. Well, I mean, while we're stereotyping, sure. Well done, Asian. Yep. Asian overachiever, model minority, all that good stuff. Nothing problematic here. Move along. 
There was something existentially terrifying about Botox for beginners as an article as well. That's actually the article I want to read, but I know it's going to be lame because I freeze framed every fucking article in this movie and they all suck. (laughs) (laughs) Also an upbeat article for a deadly pedicure foot fungus story. That's 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 fucking warm and fuzzy. right? That's how we got the last of us. That's what that is. Well, they did say they were doing the zombies a little different in the upcoming series, so maybe it is uh, <laughs> foot fungus zombies. Ah, <laughs> uh, such a good game. I hope the show the show is good. Nick Offerman's Bill. I'm so looking forward to that. That is fantastic. I know. Notice how we're talking about anything that's not this. Yeah, let's just talk about The Last of Us for the yeah, next let's just, yeah, let's talk about the show that we're all very excited to watch at some point. <laughs> how to lose your adopted daughter in 10 days in the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> How to, how to lose your real daughter in the opening 10 minutes. <laughs> Look, I've never cried in a video game, but I came really fucking close in that moment. Holy fuck, I came close. Dude, when the guy says, sir, there's a kid, just like, oh, you know what was said on the other end of that comm. Yeah. Oh. oh. Powerful. Powerful. So Kate Hudson tries to pitch her political story, which no shit gets shot down. Look at the magazine you're looking working for. Yes. Like, what the fuck? Jesus. But Baby Norwood's like, look, if you write me a hit article, I will let you write whatever you want. And Kate Hudson's like, cool, you're definitely going to let me write something that's not f- good for this magazine. That's what I'm taking away from this. And my initial complaint about her is just copy and pasted right there. <laughs> cool. <laughs> copy, pasted, command C, command B. <laughs> That's control, you Apple fucker. All right, we're we're gonna fight about this later. No, please, let's have an Apple PC fight right now, please. (laughs) It means we don't have to talk about the movie. I get it. it. And so Catherine Hodd doesn't have an article because she got broken up with, and Baby Norwood's like, "Cool, write about that." And she's like, "No, I don't want to write about my personal life for the magazine." He's like, "Okay, cool. Who wants to write about Catherine Hodd's personal life for the magazine?" I kind of love just how they gleefully have no ethics. It's true. I really do enjoy that about the upper management at these companies. Exactly. You know, they pretend to be all family shoes off and then just immediately cutthroat into your personal life. Nothing is off limits. <laughs> they are cutthroat. They are unapologetic. They don't give a fuck if you know. Yeah. You now know why it's an up and coming magazine, basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fastest growing magazine in America. Kate Hudson to like save her friend's story from being written by someone who isn't her friend. She's like, okay, I'll write an article about her life. And she's like, okay, cool. Well, more like inspired by it. You know, Catherine Hahn sucks at dating. I mean, she says this very nicely, but essentially she sucks at dating, does all these things that drive guys away. So I'm going to do all the things that drive a guy away. Baby Norris, great. How to lose a guy in 10 days. Go. <gasps> she said, she said the title. <laughs> yes. Uh, they're going to call this article How to Put the Title into the Movie. <laughs> and, uh, then they say, sounds needlessly vicious. And my note is, not as needlessly vicious as how to lose your daughter in the first 10 minutes of a video game, but whatever. <laughs> God. Needlessly vicious is my autobiography. <laughs> and so, like, why 10 days? Because we got to justify this seemingly arbitrary number. It's like, well, five is too short, and we go to press an 11. So, premise justified. Absolutely. No, it's just a vague deadline. So absolutely meaningless. Yeah. It's the movie giving itself a ticking clock. It's what we're doing. Fuck you. Go with it. 
Uh, so out in the lobby, we see that this is where the Judys have come to have their meeting. Uh, and just in case you haven't been paying attention, B.B. Norworth reintroduces all the main female characters and also gives us a recap of the plot of the movie <laughs> in that Kate Hudson's going to write this article, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. <gasps> she said, she said it again. She said it again. Yeah. This is a fun movie. <laughs> this is where one of the Judys calls out. This is where we get the, the needlessly vicious lie because one of the Judys is like, oh, that sounds needlessly vicious. And like, yes, half of this power lesbian couple, it is needlessly vicious. They're not passing judgment. They are giving approval. <laughs> It's like our relationship, guys. I don't give approval. (laughs) (laughs) And so after hearing Needlessly Vicious, my note here is, and that's when B.B. Norworth and Kate Hudson realized that the article was really stupid, and they did something else, and the movie ended, and this preserved Nick's sanity. She went to Tajikistan, she brought peace, got shot in the field, it was was beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Just kidding, we cut to the cow pals, the gal pals, not the cow pals. Um, I thought you said cowbells. <laughs> you cut to the cowbells. I heard cowbells. <laughs> We're out in Tajikistan, the cowbells are ringing. Christopher Walken said there wasn't enough. It was a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this movie definitely did not have enough cowbell. <laughs> yeah, so they're all dressed up. They're going out on the town. And again, just in case you forgot, you know, this third scene in a row, what Kate Hudson's going to be fucking doing, she's going to write an article where she does all the things that drive a guy away. But she's but she can't go crazy. She can't, like, you know, burn his house down or whatever. She's got to, like, do shit that women normally do to drive away. So she can't cheat and, like, go, I don't know, murder a puppy. Is burning someone's house down weird? Yeah, you listed a couple things that sound very regular. <laughs> Look, I don't want to tell you guys which love language that you should use. It's not my place. <laughs> Nick's Tinder profile's love language. <laughs> burning your house down. While the puppy's inside. <laughs> <laughs> the puppy's really cute, too. Then Keanu Reeves comes and hunts you down. <laughs> Look, if that's what I got to do to be Keanu Reeves, I am okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And so then Catherine Hawk kind of pulls a jewels here because, you know, <laughs> she's like, so yeah, nobody down in his apartment, you know, just classic lady oopsies, like calling a guy just to tell him what you had to eat that day. In the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. In the middle of the night. Catherine's like, wait, what? You're not supposed to do that. And then she realizes that, no, you're not actually supposed to do that. She trades like, oh no, I was totally joking. Definitely not a thing I do, guys. Haha, ha. Funny. Well, that's the thing. I called John at 1am to tell him I, I ate an open faced sandwich and I know it really pisses him off because he hates those on principle <laughs> and the fact that i get up at two if i called you an hour before you were expecting to get up your your day's fucking ruined man <laughs> you've got to be precise with both the call's content and the timing this is how friendships are built <laughs> i've been a bad influence on you and couldn't be more proud <laughs> Actually, John, I think that's the title of your autobiography right there. <laughs> so uh, the Judys and the boss, and their boss have arrived at a swanky bar to have that drinks meeting. However, Matthew McConaughey is there, even though he wasn't invited. Tells them that, hey, you should have told me about this because it was my tip and I should be the ones on the account. But the boss is like, yeah, but they have vaginas. So, you know. <laughs> That really is the conversation. That's basically what he's implying. He's like, yeah, but Diamond's vagina. You get how those are linked, right? And Matthew Kahn's like, he makes a little bit more of a point of they have experience in luxury items. Yeah. You sell sports and beer. 
Exactly. But Matthew McConaughey like starts pitching about his idea for the campaign. Like, you know, hey, you know, ladies, you don't need to, you don't need a man to buy a diamond. You're a two thousands lady. You can buy diamonds yourself. <laughs> and one of the Judy's like, no, no, uh, this is why we should be on the campaign because you want it to be rare. If everyone's got a diamond, it loses its allure. If you were a woman, you would have known that. Which is weird because of the speech that he gave to um, Officer, what the fuck's his name, and Adam Goldberg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he basically makes that same point. Yeah, he made that same point, that you control the scarcity and rank it, rack up the value and all that. This movie is not internally consistent. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, Matthew McConaughey, you clearly don't understand women, to which the boss retorts, yeah, but who does really? ha. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. And my answer, I have an answer for you, uh, sexist boss. Women, literally every woman I know has a PhD's worth of insight into other women. Okay, so they're not some fucking mystery. People do understand them. Well, the guy who created the mass-produced tampon probably knew about women. He probably did. Girls are icky and must be stopped. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, one of the Judy shows off her diamond necklace very seductively so we can look at her cleavage and says that selling diamonds to women is like making them fall in love. And Matthew McConaughey's like, exactly. I can make women fall in love. Look at me. I'm Matthew McConaughey. I'm totally the right guy for this job. He's got a point. Uh, no, 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 no. Not lust. Love Matthew McConaughey. Love. It's a bad Matthew McConaughey. You can't just change your shirt and win the bet. All right. <laughs> The bet that we haven't actually set up yet. Well, we're about to set up the bet. We're in a high school movie now. Yes. yes. Yeah, we're definitely in a high school movie. Yeah. <laughs> the Judy's totally wear pink on Wednesdays. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're basically saying, look, we got this get big gala for the diamond customer in 10 days. If you can make a woman fall in love in 10 days, uh, you can get the account. Cool. Now they're going to look around for a candidate, and they happen to spot Kate Hudson and her gal pals who are there looking for the guy she's going to write the article about, slash completely abused because she's a terrible person. But the thing is, the Judys see her, and they saw her at the office, and they know the article she's writing, so they're like, that one. And this is where I fell in love with these characters. The Judys? Yeah. They are great villain types, and it's a little bit of what we mentioned already. You know, like, they're ambitious. They're underhanded. And they don't give a fuck that you know that. They're great. They're going to play any advantage they can, cheat to win, whatever. I mean, these are the kind of villains that can instigate and drive really wonderful and compelling plots. Unfortunately, they're in this movie. <laughs> and that means they only exist so that our two leads can look better by comparison. True. Because the leads are fucking terrible as well. So, yeah, done. He he accepts the bet. Um and he goes to intercept Kate Hudson on her way from getting shot down by a married guy. And after this really weird truncated back and forth, like hungry, famished, leaving. Yeah, like it, it was so weird. I had that they played word association games. Something like that. Yeah. But this is also the moment where we find out that his name is Benjamin Barry. Her name is Andy Anderson. And so I, I needed to introduce them to Carl Carlson from The Simpsons, then Donald Donaldson, Eddie Edwards, and Frankie Franklin. And together they team up and fight crime. <laughs> Alphabet buddies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the one part of the word is so, so... So the one point that got me a little bit concerned was the psycho rarely. Now, is that, uh, is that what women want? <laughs> what women want's a different movie, Jules. Come on, go. Uh, that's true, yeah. That's with Mel Gibson. So a lot more sanity in that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's more sane. Oh, God. 
yeah. So, anyways, they leave, and my my overall note for this, it's just so clunkily paced. Like this fuck. Like I get you're trying to set up the premise, you're trying to set everything in motion, but fucking hell, this this scene was clunky. I'm sorry. Can I be reminded of what the premise is one more time? I haven't heard that since the beginning of the scene. I know it has been a minute, like literally a minute. How to burn down your house in four days or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I the, the word association thing. I thought that was kind of a kind of okay. You know, at least they were trying the trying to do something different. You know, single word exchange to the first day. I, I thought that was at least trying to be different. Because in the following scene, they're at the restaurant and they're shitting on each other's dreams, which I kind of liked as well. Yeah, um, after we get a superfluous putting on a helmet and going for a ride on his motorcycle. Like, this movie's nearly two hours long. They could have cut this scene. We didn't need Very this. True. So cut to Lobster and uh, yeah, they're shitting on each other's jobs. Like, I'm an ad exec. Ooh, saving the world one ad campaign at a time. He's like, oh, you work for Composure Magazine. We're saving the world one you know, blowjob tips article at a time. Hey, I've got a great political career that's totally going to happen at this same company. Yes, at the company where I'm writing an article called How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. (laughs) That would be so awesome if he just said it. (laughs) He just... So this this fucking pisses me off now, this moment. So Kate Hudson's like, tell me whether or not you agree with this. All is fair in love and war. And Matthew McConaughey says, yes. This is her really shitty way of being like, well, now it's okay for me to do what I'm going to do to this guy because he said it's all fair in love and war. I'm not a bad person. Well, this isn't war to her. This is her career. It's very different. Yeah, it is neither love nor war. Good point. (laughs) But the thing is, I think he takes that as an invitation as well. He has his own career-based wager. (laughs) God, they're both awful. Anyways. I'm actually really on board with this movie for like the first third of it. I mean, as much as we've kind of shat on it, I was still enjoying it at this point. I'm curious to see when the turning point is. Oh, I have it specifically noted. (laughs) You see, I have moments where I enjoy it, but this first part with like them being shitty people and the clunkily written scenes, and I was just like, oh my God, kill me. Kill me now. Uh, yeah, I can I can go along with that. It can be it can be fun. But yeah, I have specifically noted <laughs> this is the beginning of the end. <laughs> so back at Matthew McConaughey's place, she asked to use the bathroom so she can chat to generic friend. And I don't like the fact that Kate Hudson has the same phone that I had back in two thousand and three. I don't like the fact that she has a Nokia thirty four ten. It's just not not cool. What about Matthew McConaughey playing uh, Nelly's It's Getting Hot in Here to try and seduce Kate Hudson? Oh, God, took me back. (laughs) Does that ever work? Has that ever worked? Yeah, because, again, he's talking about real honest-to-goodness love. Let's grow old together love. So take off all your clothes. Look, we all know that the thong song is what you play if you want true love. <laughs> That's love right there. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, he changes it to, to Al Green. Hey, guys, remember when CD changers were considered the fucking peak of technology? He's just got this, like, five CD CD player. It's it's great. Dude, I had a five CD player, and that thing was more of, like, on a carousel. His, his is, like, a really weird, just, like, one long piece of equipment laid out like plates yeah. not practical but i guess visually appealing because you can see it 
Uh, so she gets out of the bathroom after calling generic girlfriend and go to his room. And there's this whole like, come over here because she's like sitting on the bed and he's sitting on the, I don't know, the drawers. And he's like, no, you come over here. She goes over there and they start making out. And he's like, oh, no, I don't want to go too fast. No, uh, we're not going to go too fast. I, the, the, God, this scene was cringe. End up on the bed and he's like, oh, I want you to respect me. I respect you. Do you respect me? Oh, fuck off. I just still had a chuckle. I'm like, it's bad, but I enjoy it. Weirdly. Cool. I'm glad, I'm glad one of us did. I want you to respect me. I respect you. And I respect you for respecting me, respecting your, like, it, it just gets so wonderfully absurd. Yeah. There was a bit of me that really wanted the CD changer to turn on and it's getting hot in here to play right off to so I respect <laughs> you. <laughs> well, anyways, after agreeing to respect each other, he gets off of her and she leaves. Uh, then he calls to her out of the window while she's getting into her cab. And then he like whispers to herself, oh yeah, she's, oh, she's definitely falling in love with me. And she whispers to herself, oh, I'm going to make you wish you were never born. I'm, my question here is, guys, who the fuck am I supposed to be rooting for in this movie at this point the the judies the judies <laughs> okay yeah all right i do like the judies and i like katherine Hahn, but they're not in this movie enough and i'm stuck with these two fucking people rooting for tajikistan at this point <laughs> i'm always rooting for tajikistan you go hell yeah you're the best stan i stand tajikistan <laughs> I, I do stand tajikistan <laughs> anyway oh uh, so she leaves her purse, which he brings to work with him the next day. And during this whole thing, like we learned with a during a walk and talk with his bros that he's never dated a woman for ten days. So that's a big fucking red flag. Guy in your thirties, he's never done anything other than one night stands. Apparently, he's a frat boy. Yeah, because ten days, which is nine days longer than you've spent with a, any woman before. <clears throat> I got a little tripped up, but fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> He's a boy stereotype. I mean, they, they established it with the whole beer kegs and everything, and yeah. He's trying not to be a boy stereotype. So that's supposed to be the admirable quality. Yeah, but then he goes right back into it, because like they're pondering what's in the purse. The great unknowables that man was not meant to gaze upon. Dark and dangerous things that we should know nothing about. Ah, uh, good old early 2000s sexism. Just, I mean, it's not the worst sexism we've seen. I mean, we've watched 40 Days and 40 Nights not for the podcast and likely never will because I will fucking kill a puppy in anger because that's so fucking heinous. But yeah, it, this is just classic early 2000s sexism. You're, you, you're still just trying to meet Keanu. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, because I'm going to kill the puppy. <laughs> yeah, so out of respect and also because he's scared of girl things, uh, doesn't want to open the purse. But Adam Goldberg does, and he accidentally knocks it over, lunging for it, and so everything falls out. And it's like, well, everything's falling out. I Heavy italics on accidentally there. It's accidentally on purpose. Well, he meant to grab it. I don't think he did. I thought he was more of like the oops sort of thing. Yeah, me too. I kind of... <laughs> doesn't matter all the stuff gets split on the floor so they get to look through all the girly things he sees oh sees like the Knicks tickets and he's like oh well definitely she meant for me to find this this was all on purpose she's playing games and i'm gonna play games back and the fun thing is she actually did oh ho ho yeah and this uh insane amount of flowers that he sends her is brought to us by 1-800-Flowers. Yeah, so so we find out here that he's try he's writing an article how to lose a woman in 10 days because she sent flowers to her after a first date. Like six guys show up with like giant vases of white roses. Isn't this weird? Even if it was after, you know, 
years. It just seems to say to all your colleagues, look, I need to buy this woman's affection and parade shit in front of you because I'm that insecure. Wait, you're not supposed to do this? (laughs) This counts as being psycho rarely. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Well played. Yeah, so Matthew McConaughey uh, calls her at the office as the flowers are arriving and uh, convinces her, in big uh, air quotes, uh, to take her him to the next game. So she agrees, and uh, they both agree that that's how it's done. They're both playing each other. And both the offices are very accepting about this during work hours. But it's for love, Joel. Well, it's her assignment. His as well, apparently. Yeah, and the boss signed off on his. So, yeah, this is his job right now. As opposed to actually just doing the advertising work, I guess not. (laughs) Yeah, as opposed to (laughs) making an effective presentation to sell the product. No. (laughs) Not for me. No. I mean, imagine imagine putting that on your resume. (laughs) Successfully lied to woman in order to advance my career. Please don't ask me about the puppies. No puppies were harmed. (laughs) They were just fed beer. (laughs) Oh, we will get there. I have things to say about that scene. Uh, so cut to sports ball. The kiss cam comes around and Sixpence None the Richer starts playing. And I don't remember Lainey Boggs falling down in a red dress in this movie. But hey, my memory's kind of going these days. So you were too busy trying to decide what school to go to. It's fine. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So many options. And so Kate Hudson and Beth McConaughey smooch. It's cute. Is it? Heavy sarcasm. <laughs> Heavy, heavy sarcasm there. So Kate Hudson enters bitch mode, asks him to get a soda when there's like a minute left in the game. And he's like, no, no, hang on. He's like, okay, I'll go get it. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll go get it. Like she manipulates him and he like runs. And okay, I shouldn't. Hey, be- Nick, can you get me a drink before you finish that sentence? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, diet or regular soda? I, I want a lime, no ice. <laughs> he just wants a lime in a glass. <laughs> It better be in exact quarters. None of this halves shit. Uh, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> this is how we bring peace to Tajikistan. <laughs> <laughs> one lime at a time. Okay, so here's the fucking thing. I don't sports ball. So the fact that I have to make fucking notes on this movie failing at sports is embarrassing. <laughs> it does. It fails. The, the one that leapt out at me is that, okay, he couldn't see the game in person. That sucks. But if he is a Knicks fan and they score in the last minute, even if he's watching it on TV, he's celebrating like a madman. Does not happen. He gets really disappointed just because he couldn't literally be there. That's not how fanning works. Okay, it's not how fanning works, but he I mean, he is disappointed that he's there is live. Like, I, I get the disappointment, but you're right. But that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm talking about the game itself and how this fucking plays out because they are tied 91 to 91 when he runs out to go get the soda. The Kings score a basket in the a, a zone where it's two points. So they should have 93 points, right? Yes, that's how math works. Yes. That is how math works. This movie doesn't know how to math. <laughs> Casper Van Dien's running the scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> By the way, and nobody reacts to this basket. This is also crazy. The Kings get a basket. Nobody boos. Nobody cheers. It is silence. Like, there's zero reaction to the Kings getting a basket. Can you imagine how devastating that would be as a player, though? <laughs> no reaction. Like, you don't even disappoint. Just silence. Thousands of people 
completely silent for your effort. Well, I mean, it is an away game. That's, I know, but you expect like boos or rars or whatever. Right. Just absolute nothingness. <laughs> so I forget which way it goes, whether, yeah. So, so instead of like them having 93 points, they have like 92 points or something. And so when the Knicks score the final basket, which was definitely in the two point zone, they should have tied. There was no fucking way they could have won the game without getting two baskets. This was a tie fucking game. And this movie portrays it as a win. It's ridiculous. I was too busy feeling Matthew McConaughey's pain with the soda vendor. <laughs> oh, the old guy who's like, just not giving speed. He's like, for a nickel more, you can get a chance. Like, I will take that fucking soda. Just shut up the old man. And give me the- just give me the fucking thing. Here's the money. In modern days, they'd ask for your email, your zip code. Blood type, your, what your kinks are. It's a whole thing. I have outright walked away like while ordering <laughs> something. It's like, no, I just want this. There we go. You can have it. Uh, I'm like, no, 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 done. Bye. It's like, I'm super hungry right now. But I am going to spend the next 20 minutes going somewhere else. Thanks. Overselling is, is a travesty in America. Yeah. So, yeah. So, basically, but he like he gets the Coke, and then she's like, oh, no, it's not diet. Can you go get it? He's like, oh, fuck. And that's when the butler runs out when he gets tries to go get the diet soda and is not a real fan, according to Jules, which I will take his word on. If you're a sports fan, you win in the last minute. You celebrate no matter what. Maybe later, like a couple of days later, you complain about it. But in that moment... You don't give a shit. You won. I'm not a sports fan either, but I have been in the proximity of them, and yes, Jules is correct. Well, anyways, outside, she's like rubbing in his face that he missed the game-winning play. <laughs> Just like, oh my god, like, I've, you know, I can't believe you missed that. He's like, I can't fucking believe I missed it either, because you were complaining about the kind of soda, Jesus. And so she's getting to a cab, and I asks him, hey, are you as nice as you seem? And he's like, no. She's like, good, neither am I. Again, looking for validation that the shitty thing that she's doing is okay because he's a bad guy. Back at the ad agency, uh, we're, in a co- we're in a conference room and the boss is just not happy with anyone's ideas for this diamond pitch. Oh, I love this so much. He says, horse shit, more horse shit. The horse shit continues. I mean, these are basically the working titles of all the new Disney Star Wars movies, right? <laughs> Yeah. My reaction to him slapping these things down and saying horse shit was, and where are my pictures of Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the secretary comes in to let Matthew McConaughey know that he's got a, there's a call on the line for him. And we're in the middle of a fucking meeting. Seriously? <laughs> Even the movie doesn't buy the premise that the boss is okay with him skipping work for this relationship. Because even the boss is like, fucking make it quick. Yeah. But she makes a point of saying that it's Annie. So how many people are aware of the bet? Because clearly the receptionist is. (laughs) Yeah, he takes the fucking call in the conference room, right? And Kate Hudson is just like on the phone being as annoying as fucking possible, like in front of Regalbo's. It's me. This is the moment where it turned. This is the moment. Hearing her do, it's me. I'm like, I'm out. out. (laughs) Mission accomplished, Kate Hudson. Yeah, Benny boo boo. Yeah, the baby talk kills me. And it kills Dawn, apparently. And she's like, okay, look, I'll look, I will take you to a movie. I'll take my choice. Yes, your choice. And her choice is a chick flick marathon at Cinema Village. There's literally a poster that says chick flick marathon. Uh with a rose on it, because women. But we're about to meet the best character. Oh, we're about to meet the best character in all of cinema. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> the current movie is Sleepless in Seattle. And she starts to 
like contrive a fight really loudly with Matthew McConaughey after like talking loudly at him during the goddamn movie. Mm, don't talk during the movie. And the get the hero that we need and deserve in these trying times. <laughs> Bespectacled movie nerd behind them. Who is also a bouncer, sort of in terms of body shape. <laughs> Yes, because she turns are like, you know, my boyfriend will kick your ass. And he stands up and no, he will not <laughs> kick this guy's ass because he is fucking huge. But before we get to our hero, there are certain lines that, that get dropped. You know, there's um, I really want a man like Tom Hanks. And I feel like that is a general statement about everyone. I think everyone wants a man like Tom Hanks. Whether you're storming the beaches on D-Day or taking on a sadistic child who tortures toys, you need Tom Hanks at your side, damn it. Hell yeah. I want a man like Tom Hanks. And uh, my second note was about, you know, the, it's it's the whole trope of what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about other winning? Other winning? <laughs> other winning. Are you thinking about winning your bet that I don't know about? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's that cliche of what are you thinking about? And the guy says nothing and she gets super suspicious. And we need to clue, I think, everyone in on this. When you ask a guy what he's thinking about, it is either literally nothing or something so weirdly abstract that it would be odd to say in a conversation. Absolutely true. Like in Return of the King, did Legolas climb the arrows on the elephant or on its uh, leg folds? Or when I played Monopoly with my cousin seven years ago, I think that son of a bitch stole a hundred from the bank every time he landed on Vine Street. Those are the thoughts that are passing through a guy's head, and it's weird (laughs) because that's not the right time to bring it up. So what you're saying is you're thinking of someone else! (laughs) (laughs) See how funny that noise was? This movie. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I was like, holding all my laughter inside instead of letting it out. That was the appropriate thing to do with laughter. Yes. So, so funny was that. Yes. Okay. Now let's get back to our favorite movie character ever. Yes. So he calls back there at McConaughey. I was like, yo, you outside storm out of the movie theater and McConaughey gets punched straight in the face. He does try to defuse the situation though. That was nice. He's like, Hey man, talk, shit to me all you want you know or yell at me or whatever don't talk like that to the lady and look we don't really have to fight right we can just call no harm no foul go back in and and hell no this dude has a point to make (laughs) yeah he decks matthew mcconaughey because you do not fucking get between this dude and his sleepless in seattle let me tell you you do not i'm gonna go back in there and watch sleepless in seattle nobody screw with me I think we all have a nobody screw with me movie. What what is your nobody screw with me movie, Nick? Oh my god, Jesus! Like the one you would deck someone in the face for interrupting the movie. Oh, Saving Private Ryan! Like shut the fuck up during my Saving Private Ryan. Absolutely. And John, I mean any movie if it's in the theater, really. That's true. No, I have literally punched someone <laughs> for talking during the movie. It was someone that I was there with. It was in the friend group, and it was like a punch on the shoulder. And it had to happen a few times, getting progressively harder. I'm like, because it was like at first, I was like, "Dude, shut up." What was the? I'm like, I know the movie sucks. Oh, it was SWAT, by the way. It's like I know it sucks, but I'm still <laughs> watching it. SWAT was your nobody screw with me movie. No, no, no. It's not nobody <laughs> screw with me. It's I will punch you for talking during the movie. I don't think I have a nobody screw with me. It was a theater etiquette thing. Yeah, yeah. Still, but then yeah, for me, 
it was it would be the Lion King just because of the moment where the dad dies. But yeah, everyone has a nobody screw with me movie, and this was the most authentic moments that we had. I don't think I do. Just like I don't have a movie that really traumatized me. You've never been scared, traumatized. Emotions aren't John's forte. I've been like scared during a movie when I was a kid, but it wasn't like something that really affected me afterwards. Unlike, you know, Predator, Deep Blue Sea, or. or... Uh... But, anyways, Matthew McConaughey doesn't want to get up because he's resting his head in. Boob rub. Boob rub. I mean, look, we've all been there. <laughs> Semi conscious <laughs> on the floor of a movie theater. <laughs> Yeah, so the pair of boobs that you don't want to get out, get away from. Like, I get it. I mean, the next scene, you know, Kate Hudson says he was the most adorable, unconscious man ever. And my note to that was <laughs> said all of Nick's ex-girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> my note was just utter confusion about how easily she's able to make that comparison. <laughs> yeah, how many guys in her life get knocked out in front of her where she could judge how adorable they are? Sensitive dude was a plant. He's her go-to date thumper. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's on the pay, on the take for that. Uh, so the next day, uh, Beth McConaughey gets a hot dog with Thomas Lennon to let him know what happened in the previous scene, and also let him know that what's going to happen in a few scenes from now. Uh, he's going to cook dinner for her. So cool. Thanks for this scene. Padding the runtime. At the magazine, Kate Hudson is telling her friends about what happened. They're eating lunch at their desk. B.B. Doyworth comes up and it's like, look, loving the notes for the article. Uh, when are you seeing him again? Oh, he's take, he's cooking dinner for me tonight. So, you know, this is another scene going to let you know what's happening in an upcoming scene. I'm so glad we're just repeating the conversation we just saw. <laughs> thrilling. Thrilling. If they took out the pointless filler, this movie would be five minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we talking about Baywatch? <laughs> Baywatch has more substance than this but she tells she's like okay great you're having dinner with him but you want to take smaller bites because she's been eating taking big bites out of this hamburger she got for lunch and when baby Neuwirth leaves Kate Hudson fucking fillets this hamburger just <laughs> it, this was pornographic Cut to Matthew McConaughey. He's cooking in his apartment, super focused on what he's doing. He's so focused, in fact, that uh, when Kate Hudson walks into his apartment with a box, he just does not notice that she walks in with a box. Yeah, she has she has a bunch of stuffed toys in this box, and I, I was really hoping that uh, the shark would burst out saying, Look, I'm Woody! Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> so much better. It would be so it would much, been so better. much better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so she just like just goes around his apartment while he's cooking, putting like very girly stuff around, like pink blankets and a little stuffed animal over here, a little stuffed animal over there. Just yeah, doing that. And decorates his bathroom. Pink toilet seat cover, toilet mat gr yeah, no. She is so lucky he's got a bet to win. Yeah, otherwise this would have been like game over, man. How to lose a guy in two days. How to lose your life in two days. <laughs> I mean, she wouldn't have much to write about if she lost him at this point, right? Yeah, she's going a little hard at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he notices her. Yeah, he notices the crap around the apartment. And also, she's gotten to his CD player and is playing You're So Vain by Carly Simon. Man, way to set the mood. Mm hmm. By the way, guys, you might not know this, but that song is actually about me. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. Waka waka. It's honestly one of my least favorite songs. Just my my pedantry and literal mindedness is like, fuck off. I mean, I'm just completely indifferent to it, but yeah, I remember from this movie. I will say that. Yeah, I forgot this moment of the song, though. <laughs> but 
this is the point where she reveal she gets laid this beautiful rack of lamb. Oh, we got to talk about the bullshit plant first. Yeah, so she's bought a fern as well because it's going to symbolize their relationship. And it does. It really fucking does, as we will see throughout the movie. He has a fucking TV, like, stand right by the table. So they're going to watch the next game and have dinner. I have to say, I thought this was really cool when I watched it. I thought his apartment was the best (laughs) when I was 16. (laughs) Well, yeah, as we as we covered, he's that's the kind of guy he is. 16 year old. Yeah, <laughs> a 10-day relationship is a marathon to this guy oh yeah so she he lays this beautiful rack of lamb on the table puts off a slice for her it looks absolutely delicious and she looks up to him says i don't eat meat and starts singing mary had a little lamb um yeah weepily sings mary had a little lamb and so now we're in this weird vegan restaurant where they're eating really gross tofu bowls with barley and matthew mcconaughey says this stuff's for cows and yes yes matthew mcconaughey this this is for fucking cows like this is not good like look there is tasty vegan food out there this is not tasty vegan food this is fucking cow food <laughs> uh, clearly he's calling me a cow he thinks I'm bad. Okay, la- la- <laughs> later we get a line this movie <laughs> I mean, later we do get the line, is something wrong with the barley? And I'm pretty sure no one's ever said that line in the history of foods and culinary. Yeah, so we're definitely in a pre-smartphone world because he has to ask the waitress, what's the Nick score? And she's like, bro, look at me. Like, do I look like someone who knows what the Nick score is? Like, come on. Yeah, my note here is shut up. Stop encouraging snap judgments about people. I am what I look like. That's exactly how prejudices start. Wait, you don't judge books by their cover? <laughs> well, blurb on the back. Okay, that's fair enough. So the kid hunter pretends to cry. She's like, Mike, why are you okay? She's like, my boyfriend thinks I'm fat. <laughs> so she can go to the back and watch the next game the in the kitchen with the, the cooks. Humor. Ah. Uh, Yes, and that humor will continue. God damn it. <laughs> so back at Matthew McConaughey's place, he you know, turns on the TV to watch, a, I guess, a replay of the game, or he T-voted it. Who the fuck knows? It's SportsCenter. Oh, it's SportsCenter? Oh, okay. Yeah. I got the impression that he said it to record before they left. But All right. Uh, no, it was, it was the review show. Yeah, we don't sports. So yeah, well, look, uh, no. Basically, when you have your sports games, you have the actual game, and then there's a comment show about it later in the evening. Got it. Okay, so that's what they're watching. Thank you. That's why we need at least one sports guy on the show. <laughs> but Kate Hudson suspiciously knows what's going to happen before it happens. And he's like, wait, how do you know that so-and-so missed? Oh, because he always does. Uh, no, he doesn't. He's actually a really good sports baller. And to just to get him to stop talking about it, she... It starts initiating sex with him and then calls his dick Princess Sophia. My issue is that um, girls acting crazy before they have sex is ludicrously sexy and it's impossible to make it unsexy. <laughs> I, I can't tell if he's being serious or not. Right now. <laughs> what strange names is your girlfriend giving your penis, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, Princess Sophia, Princess Goldilocks, I don't care. You're Kate Hudson. Yeah, you're about to have sex. And you got wild eyes right now. There is nothing that's going to stop the erection. 
Well, apparently it stops Matthew Bacate's erection because he's like, whoa, my God, my masculinity is so, so triggered, you guys. Yes, now is totally the time to have an in-depth discussion about our agreed-upon nickname for my dick. Crow the Warrior King. Did anyone pick up on this? No. When she was rearranging his bathroom, there were comic books on the toilet and Crow was one of was on top. Okay, that's what that was. I, I that was just like, I mean, you you were the one who was clearly pausing to read the magazines. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's just one of my quirks. I have to, I have to know <laughs> these things. But yeah, I was actually surprised with that little bit of you know like character continuity. Well done, movie. I think I'm done saying that now, though. Yeah, I mean. There's one scene where I'm going to say well done movie at some point, but we'll we'll get there. Remember your soul left at the it's me phone call. Stop pretending it's back. I'm pretending we have souls in the first place. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she she goes out with the uh, Kroll the Warrior King, but she makes it really girly by like rubbing her teddy bear on him. So that's so he's just not in the mood. Like that that's apparently a dick. Killer. Little did she know Matthew McConaughey was secretly a furry. <laughs> he was into that shit it's, it is new york city right what's that get, have to do with anything get all kinds of freaks in new york city all the weirdos oh god now i'm thinking of the spider-man musical yeah, exactly wait what <laughs> green goblin has a song about how all the freaks are in new york city oh he does oh fantastic and they, and they performed it on letterman okay uh yeah so she leaves, and he catches up to the ele- her at the elevator, uh, asks if he can see her again tomorrow, and she's like, yeah, sure, door closes, and she's like, what the fuck, dude, like, are you still want to hang out with me after all this shit, what is wrong with you? So cut to the ad agency, where Thomas Lennon is reading synonyms for cold out of a thesaurus, uh, which is, of course, the nerdiest dinosaur. Wow. <laughs> We're not going to let you get away with that, Nick. I'm sorry. I was trying to hold it back, but I actually enjoyed that. Thank you. You I hate guns, John. Shame on you. I know, but that's how much of a nerd I am. I actually yeah. really like that. Compromised your principles. Okay. <laughs> Where the fuck were we? Yeah. So yeah, so Matthew McConaughey is lamenting that Kate Hudson is fucking crazy and not as cool as she was at the Knicks game. And she wasn't even fucking cool at the Knicks game, so I don't know what you're talking about, my dude. Well, she was cool up until the last minute of the game. Fair enough. I, I love that her first line when she sees his two friends is, oh, they don't look so simple-minded. And, you know, whenever I've introduced someone to you two, that's the first thing they've said to me as well. So it's like, <laughs> this movie fits. Yeah, no, it's it's a very accurate representation of Wait, does that, who's the Matthew McConaughey then? Who's the Adam <laughs> Goldberg and who's the Thomas Lennon? We need to figure out who is who. <laughs> I just assumed it was all of us. Whenever one person introduces the two of us to the others, that's the first reaction. Yep. Uh, and she brings a dog. And I say this in fucking air quotes because this is a rat. <laughs> McConaughey's re- reaction is so you. <laughs> it really is. So it's like a dog, and then it barks. It's like, oh, it is okay. Now I get it. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you here, Matthew McConaughey. The, 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 this creature's dogness is very much in question. It's like Chinese crested. Fuck that thing. Especially after having met Jules's dog. Jules's dog is a dog. This is not a fucking dog. It's the doggiest of dogs, yeah, but a full German Shepherd. <laughs> Any dog under fifty pounds is a cat, and cats are useless. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thank you, Ron Swanson. 
we had a Ron Swanson quote earlier, which with the barley he could have, which we could have said, is you've accidentally given me the food that my food eats. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's got this dog, puts it on the pool table, and she named the dog Kroll the Warrior King after his dick. And not only has she brought this rodent into his office, she's brought this heinous heinous beige plaid shirt which one of the characters comments looks like the inside of a raincoat which is fucking perfect in terms of description makes him put it on to match her scarf that she's got around her neck they they match and the sweater the dog's wearing one big family so so let me just uh, establish something um so sending flowers to a woman at her office is fine but showing up to a guy's office with a shirt is not cool it's the, it depends on the shirt. <laughs> it's more of the, I got us a dog? Asterisk? Citation needed? Citation fucking needed, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for this fucking thing? Yes. And yeah, the dog pisses on the, the fucking pool table. I just realized what this movie's missing. What? A live studio audience. Um, yeah, it's, it is sitcom shenanigans. Yeah. I, I, Thomas Lennon and Adam Goldberg are gonna are leaving, and before they, before they leave, they hey, we're still on for poker this weekend. Yep, totally still on for poker. And this is where Matthew McConaughey steals something Kate Hudson says for his job because he's like, oh, he notices the diamond collar, like, oh, he's got a diamond necklace on. She's like, yeah, it's just a little frosting. And Matthew McConaughey is like, that gives me an idea. It's a terrible, terrible idea. Oh, it's an awful idea, but he's he's fucking psyched about it. And so he bursts into the conference room of the Boston meeting with the Judies, and he's like, yo, go f- like frost yourself. <laughs> exactly. Go frost yourself. My reaction was, frost off. And, you know, the guy yells it out the window, and the woman agrees. So, you know. Yeah. Go, like, hey, frost this, buddy. I'll be like, I love New York. I love <laughs> New Yorkers. Just, they will fucking tell you to your face to go fuck yourself, and I wish... That's my, that would be the only reason I moved to New York was to be able to just tell random people to go fuck themselves and have it be a part of the culture. I have that frosting myself sounds like an accident that happened while abandoning children. I was about <laughs> to say, this sounds really fucking dirty, right? There, there's a whole subcategory on Pornhub for going and frosting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the days when the internet didn't exist or wasn't as prolific. Oh. Uh... Cut to Matthew McConaughey arriving back at home with his, again, I'm using this with big fucking air quotes, dog, and checks his answering machine to see that there are 17 fucking messages and they're all from Kate Hudson and they're like left two minutes after each other. Like real psycho shit. And he pulls the dog a bit. I I say that that's in reaction to all these messages and I agree with this decision. To get an innocent animal drunk? Maya took exception to him pouring the beer in the bowl because it was a fucking Budweiser. If you're going to pour your dog a beer, make it something that's better than fucking Bud. At least a Sam Adams. Jesus Christ. Yeah, at least have standards. Millennial Rewind does not condone putting pouring out alcohol for your dog. <laughs> Two-thirds of Millennial Rewind does not condone. <laughs> Two-thirds of Millennial Rewind disagrees with getting your dog drunk. Oh, fucking hell. Just put it in some pudding and feed it to your dog while you're at it, you know? No, why would you hide it? I mean, I guess if it's Budweiser, sure. Yeah, if Budweiser, you got to wrap in a piece of cheese to get the dog to fucking eat it. Because <laughs> Budweiser's gross. Budweiser, sponsor us. Um, it is dog piss, so that explains why the dog is interested. Yeah. <laughs> they literally eat shit. Yeah, especially when they're eating Budweiser. 
Uh, so Kate Hudson arrives, and apparently she used Photoshop at work to create a fake family album with what their kids would look like. This is actually where I got a little scared, because she does these Photoshop children of the both of them. And the first thing that came to mind is John has become very adept at Photoshop lately with our promos. He's got the skills. He's got the software. Mutant millennial rewind children. <laughs> You think they don't already exist? (laughs) As much as I hate this, look, I made our family. These photos are genuinely hilarious. They are. like, (laughs) Especially kids in Switzerland. Oh, my God. The kids in Switzerland is amazing. Because, yeah, they literally got, she got, like, baby, she called his fucking mom to get baby photos. And then she took the like young him and just photoshopped them and like her baby photo face onto fucking Swiss children and other things. And this is fucking freaky. This was nuts. This is like, I was genuinely terrified of this, of Kate Hudson in this scene. I was like, Oh, Matthew McConaughey is going to die. He's not going to live to see the dawn. It's the, why is my mom calling you moment? Yes. Yes, because he gets a fucking call from his for his mom. Hashtag rarely psycho. Yeah. Part of her article is uh, stalking elderly women of the guys she's dating, right? I think what you're missing here, Jules, is that it's all in the service of bringing peace to Tajikistan. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, also found out from the mom that apparently Matthew McConaughey wore diapers until he was five. Why do parents share things like that? And I just stopped breastfeeding him last week. <laughs> and that's how failure to launch became <laughs> so so yeah Matthew kind of goes to the bathroom and he sees it there's another toothbrush in there that looks very girly and did you spot the vagisil i did spot the vagisil which according to south park means <laughs> that she is a nascar driver every day it must be <laughs> oh she's left all her menstrual products in there just girly shit and this he can't handle this his his manliness is just too overloaded by all the girly things so he freaks the fuck out and kate hudson's like hey are you doing anything tonight and he's like oh gee nope sorry i i gotta go work i gotta go into the office and she's like oh that's too bad i got tickets front row seats and he thinks it's a Knicks game. So they're like, oh, no, I can make someone else do the work. Let's go. Hell yeah. But they were Celine Dion tickets. Psych. Ha ha. Which is reminding me of the other romantic comedy that I brought up. Yeah. In the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, your heart will go on, Jules. <laughs> I really like to think that Sleepless in Seattle guy was sitting right behind him at this concert as well and was just like, if they fucking say anything during my Celine Dion, nobody mess with me. But here's the fucking thing, right? Like, he's unhappy. He's wearing a pink Celine Dion shirt. Who the fuck would get upset by free front row tickets to a Celine Dion concert? I would fucking love that. It'd be an experience. But sports. Yeah, I know. they get Because they get out of Madison Square Garden the same time the Knicks game gets out. So he sees all the Knicks fans. He's like, oh, I wanted to do that. That's what guys with penises should do. <laughs> I'm scared of a tap on. <laughs> Dark and mysterious things that we should not be close to. 
Yeah, those things including blush. Fucking hell. Anyways, uh, so my masculinity is feeling a little fragile, so we're going to take a little break. And uh, when we come back, we'll break down the ridiculous second half of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Hey, Jules, thanks for coming to Friends Couples Therapy. I think this is going to really help us get through our issues. You kidnapped Trixie and said you wouldn't give her back unless I went with you. Yeah, yeah, I did. The therapist we're seeing is the best in the industry. We're going to be bestest buds by the time we're done with this. The second I have my dog back, I'm drowning you in the L.A. River. You do know this, right? Ah, hello, gentle Eden. I'm Dr. Gunther von Leberkäser, and welcome to Friends Couples Therapy. Thanks for seeing us, doctor. That is John in a lab coat doing a terrible German accent. Who is this John you are speaking of? You. You are John, my co-host. Allegedly my friend. It's still up for debate. I'm not sure if you're in on this with the kidnapping with Nick. It's still up in the air. You see all the anger and resentment I have to put up with, Doc? Yeah, yeah. Anger has many causes. Most of them sexual. But first, how will you be paying for this session, Herr Jules? I am paying you nothing. This is the dumbest thing you guys have come up with. Tell me where my dog is before I stab you in the neck. It's like he doesn't even care about repairing our friendship at all. Hmm. And Jules, tell me, when did you realize you were sexually attracted to rhinoceroses? I like rhinoceroses. They're beautiful animals, but we're just friends. And frankly, this is all nonsense. Tell me where Trixie is right now. Barf, barf. There she is. Oh my God, my beautiful little Trixie dog. Oh, I love you so much. Your dad's going to murder his friends. Yes, he is. He's going to drown them in the river. And they're going to die. It's going to be painful. Yes, he is. Ah, damn it. There he goes. Ah, we were so close to a breakthrough. I'm going to tear down those emotional walls, Jules. I'm going to tear them right down. Ah, wunderbar. That will be 300 Deutschmarks. And we're back. Uh, and we're going to be on a rooftop where Kate Hudson is sunbathing with the gal pals. And she can't believe that fucking Matthew McConaughey is still dating her after all this shit. And she only has until tomorrow to get him to ditch her, right? No, she she doesn't. She's got more than a day. They're only like halfway through. Really? Yeah. Because when he freaks out, they're like, dude, four more days. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. It is like five days. Yeah, so they're like... Yeah, Kate Hudson doesn't realize that she's Kate Hudson at this point, which is kind of irritating. Yeah. Like, duh. As Catherine Hunt said at the beginning of the movie... At the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> it's like, are you going to see him tonight? No, I'm not going to see him tonight. He's got poker night with the boys. Like, why are you letting him have a boys night? You should go over there and be a total bitch. I should go over there and be a total bitch. So she does. I'm just surprised that she needed someone else to help her realize that. Mm-hmm. I don't think you understand, John. This movie needs more padding. Otherwise, it's only going to be an hour and a half, which would have been the appropriate runtime for this fucking film. The point is, is that we get to the moment where I think he's going to die, just like Nick did in the previous scene, because he somehow got a key to his apartment. Oh, my fucking God. This supervisor, lawsuit, all the things. The loop in the lasso is closing. (laughs) Yeah, she shows up at poker night 
got the super to make her a copy of his apartment key. So she just shows up unannounced and just gets to work being an absolute fucking bitch. Like, puts the rodent on the table, replaces Adam Goldberg's pizza literally in his mouth with a cucumber sandwich. You take my pizza out of my mouth, you will not survive that encounter. Get the fuck away from me. Yeah, it's not a movie, but I think that's my no one mess with me. (laughs) Yeah. You do not touch my food. That's in your mouth. No, just in general. I genuinely know what would happen if someone pulled a slice of pizza out of Nick's mouth. He would literally bite that pizza back into his mouth. (laughs) I would bite your face. If you tried to pull a piece of pizza out of my mouth, it would be like playing tug of war with a dog. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so to say with corresponding growls. Yes. You are not getting... So she puts the plate of cucumber sandwiches on the table and like out of politeness, all the friends like, oh, I guess I'll take a sandwich. And that's it's gross. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not eating it, one of it, those. No. It's so bland. It's not it's not going to be gross enough that out of politeness, you couldn't scoff it down. Yes, it will be. <laughs> yes, it will be. Me and cucumber do not get along. It's just bland. It's, it's oh, watery. No. no, this is the same as lettuce. It does have a fucking flavor and it contaminates anything it touches. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> uh, and so they've all been smoking cigars and now she passive aggressively goes <coughs> to get them to put out their cigars and fuck you. Yeah, fuck off. I don't have issues with that. <laughs> you quitting smoking is clearly going very, very well. It's not that you're not agitated at all. It is month two, <laughs> and I am very angry at my microphone right now. <laughs> please don't, please don't light up your microphone. It's not, <laughs> it's not for that. I don't want to see that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, everyone puts out. Uh, Puts out their cigars. To, to <laughs> no, just everyone puts out. <laughs> everyone puts <laughs> out. It turns into a very, very, very different movie. Did not see that coming. <laughs> and neither did she. <laughs> oh, <Hey>. accidental porn. <laughs> accidental porn. <laughs> just like Nick's life. That's his biography. <laughs> accidental. And then just the camera started rolling, and I was like, whatever. <laughs> Uh, and then she just tells everyone Adam Goldberg's hand because fuck him apparently goes to the kitchen gets a tissue makes Matthew McConaughey blow his nose yeah she just full on says blows and my note is what the producer had too much of and somehow ended up in the (laughs) script of this movie (laughs) and then because this was Chekhov's fern I think you mean because she's not pissing him off enough yet she's because she looks around for something else to do Yes, and she sees the fern that's wilted a bit. And like, You're letting our fern die. Are you going to let us die? <sighs> you know what? I, at this point, I said, that love fern isn't dead. And he says, no, it's sleeping. I really pictured a Monty Python dead parrot sketch right now. And also Kate Hudson was correct. And it is a perfect symbol of their relationship. <laughs> yeah, forced onto one person, the other person and just neglected. Haven't seen the dog for a little bit. How's he holding up? He got drunk. <laughs> now the dog just grabs it with beard. Is like I, I gotta deal with this bitch. She's like all <laughs> seriously. Like I mean, he's just like puffing on a cigar. Like maybe the cancer will take. I me. get it, dog. I get you. Yeah. So she was like goes takes the fur to the kitchen and she's just she's loving being a bitch every time she goes again she's just smiling to herself like uh-huh, I'm being a total bitch. So fuck you. I hate you, Kate Hudson. Marry me. 
she comes back out like Matthew McConaughey's being like, oh, she's fucking crazy, you know, like doing the 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 finger around the ear thing. No, no, he says uh, one of the characters says, um, "Is she on something?" And he says, "God, I hope so." And my my note to that is nothing about drugs makes sense, as we learn from the whole. <laughs> well, these drugs are not working if she's on them. Let me fucking tell you. <laughs> yeah, so she sees this, uh, and she throws some crudite on the table and storms out <laughs> with the fern, by the way. And she's still fucking smiling in the hallway because she is a goddamn sociopath. Fuck you, God. But she got her story. Yeah, but here's the thing. You just need to write a fucking article. You don't have to revel in the fact that you're being a shitty person to do it, right? Like, that you chose to enjoy this. She's enjoying career advancement. <sighs> Enjoy the bottom of a lake. Fuck it. But <laughs> <laughs> you see, Nick, Tajikistan is at stake. It's true. She's doing this for Tajikistan. I'm at this point, I'm willing to see Tajikistan burn if it means <laughs> <K-Husband>. <laughs> It's not being a giant bitch. <laughs> like the kid from Small Soldiers. They will set it on fire just to watch it burn. Yes. yes. I'm sorry, Tajikistan. I will sacrifice you for a better version of Kate Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> you went from standing Tajikistan to burning it down in like 40 minutes. I really hope we get an angry email from someone from Tajikistan after this episode. I really do. No, the nation as a whole. The nation, the nation of Tajikistan. Dear, dear Millennial Rewind, and then it's just like the ASCII art of a middle finger. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Matthew is like, oh fuck, I gotta go salvage this, otherwise I lose my bet. So he runs out, and well, he bursts into a Katy Perry song. He says, "Because you're up, then you're down. You're wrong when it's right. It's black and it, and the rest." Yeah, basically, like your 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 polar opposites at all times and she's like well i guess that means it's over like yeah well i guess it does so the door closes on the elevator and she's like cool finally this fucking guy is leaving me alone but then she's kind of got to wait am i in love with him kind of look on her face fuck (laughs) (laughs) i think that's just the old episode is that on repeat john (laughs) we've got another one just like leprechaun maybe just repeat john's groan (laughs) Oh my god, I I so want to watch Leprechaun instead of this movie. <laughs> That's when you know, folks. <laughs> Picotti returns to his apartment with the, the rodent, which came out into the hallway with him, and his buddies are like, yo, bro, you need to go fucking fix this, otherwise the Judys are going to get the diamond account. He's like, ah. He's like, come on, guys, you saw how crazy she was? So Thomas Lennon's like, look, go to couples therapy. Every time my wife wants to divorce me, we go to couples therapy and that'll buy you at least four days. So his wife wants to divorce him every four days? Yeah, that's like a just just let her go at that point, Thomas Lennon. Just like so Matthew McConaughey runs down the fire escape to intercept Kate Hudson. But he goes too fast, slips, falls, and smashes face plants on the um on the sidewalk, breaks couple of teeth his collarbone has to go to hospital it's really really painful yeah he loses the bet the movie's over yay god if only <laughs> uh no he still won the bet because then the Florence Nightingale fat caked in and yeah you know she didn't notice she just walked off she's like nope not my problem got my article <laughs> this is New York yeah <laughs> what am I gonna do turn around at that weird noise god if you're doing that in New York you'd be like just turning around all the time and get dizzy seriously <laughs> But yeah, he does appear behind her and her face is like, what the fuck? Why are you coming down? God damn it. Calls her sugar puss. What the fuck? Well, that's my nickname too. <laughs> oh, God. 
I didn't need to know that about you, Jules. I did not. <laughs> and so he's like, you know, God, haven't you had enough? Like she's like kind of saying this to herself. He's like, look, couples therapy, Thomas Lennon's got a great guy. And she's like, no, I know someone who's going to work wonders on someone like you. Cool. We'll go to whoever you want. Matthew McConaughey is like going back into his building. Looks like he's about to have a fucking stroke. He's twitching with so much like anger and frustration. And now we get my favorite scene of the movie because Catherine Hahn isn't playing a stereotype. She gets to flex some comedic muscles here, yeah. They're using Catherine Hall properly because she's going to be their therapist. <laughs> she's going to pretend to be there. She's got the glasses and everything. I fucking love her therapist persona, her like calm demeanor. Okay, guys. I want Catherine Hahn therapist to have her own movie and her own show and her own merchandise because I fucking love this. I do too. And that's also the title. <laughs> Catherine Hahn therapist yes Catherine Hahn plays Catherine Hahn in Catherine Hahn therapist <laughs> but yeah I mean she drops lines like when was it that you realized you were attracted to other men and the gay panic is palpable just like no nope I am a heterosexual I like only the ladies not the men and then Catherine Hahn takes his hand and um, Kate Hudson gets all jealous and calls him a pathological flirt. And McConaughey is doing his damnedest to make a point here. <laughs> yeah, so we have the line. She said, five seconds ago, I'm gay. Now I'm a pathological flirt. Uh, I mean, I was getting some flashbacks of my college roommate here, but still. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I mean, we're all wearing glasses here, Jules. It's a safe space. <laughs> this will be $300, though. She charges him three. She fraudulently charges him $300 for this not therapy session. Yes, she kicks it off with, how are you paying for this? <laughs> he like whips out a checkbook, because again, 2003. Even by modern standards, that's very high. <laughs> and yeah, so Catherine Hahn eventually would go to prison for fraud, but that that that's another movie. Catherine Hahn, prison therapist. <laughs> that's the TV show I want to see. <laughs> At some point, her the whole her calling his mom behind his back comes up. He's like, "Look, just come, you know, we'll come to Staten Island, meet my family, like all this shit." And Catherine Hahn's like, "Yes, I think that's a great idea." You should go to Staten Island and meet his family. Kathy, Kate Hudson looks at her like, what the fuck, dude? And Catherine Hahn's like, whoops, <laughs> whoops, deal with it. <laughs> okay, so now we do the whole going to Staten Island. So much happens here that just doesn't fucking matter. So I'm going to gloss over just a lot of this trip. Thank <laughs> you. They, they Basically, they play a game called Bullshit. Matthew McConaughey is really good at it. Um, meets the dad. Uh, the dad was in the Navy, but apparently wears a Coast Guard hat because why not? We learned that, you know, first girl he's ever brought home. That's an important thing. And they all really like her and she really likes them. So she's starting to warm up to Matthew McConaughey and not just think of him as a mark for a shitty magazine article. There's also a moment where they talk about the benefits to a motor motorbike. But he fails to mention the drawbacks, most notably the fact that doctors give you a pretty cruel nickname, which is Donut. Yes. Which he will become, in my opinion, towards the end of this movie. I'm not buying the bullshit that he survives that final mad dash through traffic. In New York City? No, no, he did. So anyway, it turns out all she really wants is a family, and they bang it out. Yeah, in the back of the bathroom. Uh, 
because he has to twiddle the very complicated shower, which is, you know, the cold is hot and the hot is cold and you got to blah, blah, blah. Turns into shower fucking. My note here is, God, remember bathroom magazine racks? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Those were gross. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So after a romantic ferry ride back to Manhattan, Matthew McConaughey drops Kate Hudson off. When they get back to outside her apartment, did you guys notice that her jeans are unbuttoned for no reason? I did not notice that. Uh, I was not looking at her jeans. I was pretty spaced out at this point, I'll be honest. (laughs) I was just fucking flabbergasted with the insane soft light of this scene. Like, so soft they seem out of focus. Like, it's crazy. Seriously, oh my god. I thought it was just my eyes glazing over. Uh, yeah, it's actually, they do put a lot of Vaseline on the lens. And stuff. God, they do. So, invites her to the uh, Diamond account party the next night, and he wants her to go as his girlfriend. It'll be the 10th day they've been dating. Uh, and she's like, all right, well, we'll see after that. And he's like, by the way, don't make plans for the 13th day, because I've got Nick's tickets. Here's your Nick's ticket. So, he's got one, and she's got one. And I just got to love the fact that the doorman is just like awkwardly standing there, just kind of watching this whole play out. Doorman's going to doorman. Back in the magazine, Kate Hudson tells B.B. Neuwirth that like, look, I can't write this article. B.B. Neuwirth's like, hey, uh, do you see any patches on my clothing? No, because I'm not your fucking Girl Scout leader. I'm your boss. So you're going to write the article. But Lana, more butts. But no one's spilling coffee jewels down boy. <laughs> but I don't know why she just doesn't make shit up at this I, point. That was my very fucking question here. There are no more stakes to this movie. She writes a lie about how it ended. She gets with Matthew McConaughey movie fucking over. We don't have a climax in this film. But no, no, we need we need more movie, apparently. Yeah, you can have more movie. I'm, I'm fucking done. <laughs> John has quit. He's quit the rest of the podcast. He's like, I've put in my hours. I'm getting super into this crack on my wool right now. <laughs> Probably more entertaining this movie, let me tell you. Yeah, so that night, Matthew McConaughey picks Kate Hudson up for the diamond party. She's in a very nice yellow dress. She does a little twirl for him. Aww. And there are an irresponsible number of diamond jewelry pieces at this fucking party, right? Like an insane number. They have security that will casually walk after you if you decide to take them, though. That is true. Yeah. My note is, well, this movie is really highlighting the diamond monopoly issues in the world. Yeah, because the guy who's there, they're pitching the account to is Mr. Delure, and he owns 70% of the world's diamond production. So awesome. There is one thing I want to bring up during the sequence, because Matthew McConaughey's boss will try to find out if she really loves him or not. In the background, the song Moon River is playing. Yes. Do you think this is a subtle attempt at selling Tiffany's jewelry? Because breakfast at Tiffany's, Mm, Tiffany's jewelry, diamonds. Do you think this was an attempt at that? Uh, No, because you're somehow trying to impose the notion that this movie knows subtlety. Yeah, I was about to say, (laughs) I I think you're giving this movie way too much fucking credit. (laughs) Okay, okay. It's just, maybe, yeah. I like the theory, but that's a hard pass. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay so this this moment it was fucking insane for me Matthew McConaughey goes to get them drinks and there have been some weird extras in, in the movies we've watched but this is like up there in terms of fucking weirdness so Kate Hudson goes to like the frosting table where you can just get like fucking 86 carat diamond jewels to just wear that fucking term man Jesus Christ. yeah and the pervy French Delure guy puts it on her 
But as he's doing this and like they're they're introducing each other, there's this fucking old couple standing behind Kate Hudson, just watching this all happen and like weirdly smiling in that general direction while watching this go down. I was like, who the fuck was directing these extras? Why are they looking at Kate Hudson? Why are they smiling? Who are these people? They're waiting for protagonists to finish their very important business so that they can mention the Nimbus 2000. I could see on Jules's face. He's as soon as I said waiting for protagonist, Jules knew where that was going. My eyes lit up like a Christmas tree. (laughs) It's the Nicholas 2000. The Nicholas 2000? It's the priciest necklace yet. So we see Mrs. Delure, who's like old pervy French. Li- like all the French couples, pervy, and they're all like, "Yeah, you don't have to keep saying pervy. They're just French." Yeah, just like, they're they're French, is what yeah. I'm saying. So she Frenchly goes up and flirts with uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Frenchly, and Kate Hudson finds this funny. And so Ben's boss uh, now he's going to go find out whether Kate Hudson actually fell in love and her mouth says no but her body says yes so uh he goes to tell the judies that they've lost they're not going to take this line down though fuck no because they're amazing characters that are in three minutes of this goddamn movie they need their own show they just want to watch the relationship burn basically they don't give a fuck about the relationship they want to win but how does this actually get them to win? But the boss has already made the decision. It wasn't about whether he could maintain the relationship afterwards. He hasn't signed the paper. Mm. I thought this was just vindictive afters. I Yeah, maybe the boss has made his decision and it's fine, but I see this as them still just trying to win. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so basically they tell Thomas Lennon and Adam Goldberg that she knew all along, so Matthew McConaughey cheated. And so they anticipate what they do next, which is Thomas Lennon and Adam Goldberg go to Kate Hudson and are like, hey, uh, look, can you just pretend you were in love? Like, I know about the bet, like, just so we can get the fucking account. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks. And that's when she gets upset that this guy lied to her and used her for her his career when she was lying to him and using him for her career. Um, I don't you have no right to get upset at all, Kate Hudson. I love that because this is a romantic comedy, of course, they have to get together in the end. And so later when they're telling the how did you meet story? (laughs) Well, we both lied to each other to advance our careers and found out we really had that in common. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the best relationships are built on lack of trust. They really are. And a selfish compulsion to further your own ends. Yeah. Yeah, New Yorkers. Sponsor us. <laughs> Sponsor us, New York. New York City. New York City. <laughs> it's, uh, while this is going on, B.B. Neuwirth is talking to Matthew McConaughey because, you know, he's going to be the head of the Diamond account and those ads are going to be published in her magazine. So she wants to, you know, get in good with him and reveals like the article that Kate Hudson was writing in the moment as she's describing the article and off of McConaughey's reaction realizes that He's the guy. He's cruel. But you're missing the most important part. She said the title again. She said uh, it. She said the name of the movie. Uh, I mean, I had forgotten at this point, so I'm really glad she reminded us. Yeah. This is the movie abandoning children into our faces, but yeah, we can move on. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's uh, not frosting it's, uh, itself, frosting us. <laughs> it's frosting itself. <laughs> Oh, uh, so yeah. Uh, so now, like the show part of the evening is gonna start, and they've got musician Marvin Hamlish. I guess are we supposed to know who this guy is? Is he a real dude? I don't know. Yes, he's a real dude who plays himself 
and is a pigot winner. Egot. Pigot. Well, oh, it's it's an egot with a Pulitzer. Got it. Oh, damn. Yeah, he is one of two people in existence that has achieved that. And he doesn't get to play music. No, he doesn't get to play his fucking song because Kate Hudson comes out with the microphone after he's introduced and comes on stage like, all right, well, we're going to have uh, Matthew McConaughey come up and sing a song for you. And nobody turns around like, no, we've got Marvin Hamlish. Shut the fuck up. we got Marvin Hamlish here. God damn. Yeah, maybe shut the fuck up and sit down. But no, she is the protagonist, so she gets to do this. So she thinks she's got Matthew McConaughey, but he's like, oh, great. But uh, this is actually going to be a duet. So um, Adam Goldberg and Thomas Lennon, please hold her hostage. Make her stay against her will. That's this is legal. <laughs> Everyone, just take a moment to reflect and remember the name of the genre: horror comedy. <laughs> this is romantic and hilarious. Yeah, could, yeah, romantic consent completely incompatible. This movie. <laughs> Or most romantic comedies? Yeah. They're almost always about terrible people doing terrible things to each other, but pretty. I God, I hate these movies. <laughs> so pretty. So much smile. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, so basically he gets Marvin Hamlish to play You're So Vain, and he's like, no, that's not one of my songs. Like, that's on, not man, one just... of my songs, dude. It's like, I've been composing for theater and film and television and artists for fucking decades. <laughs> Do you think this was Hamlish actually saying this to the producers as well? Just like, that? no, I want to play my music. <laughs> You're making me do this. I don't get royalties <laughs> for my music if I don't play my songs. Like, ah, uh, well, now we paid for Carly Simon, so that's what you're going to play. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they it turns into this weird, shitty duet slash yelly couples fight on the fucking I remember them angrily singing at each other, but no, it's a fucking shouting match. It was yeah. painful. It's so painful to get It really through. is. One of the bystanders says, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Uh, and um, my note to this is, did they also hear the performance of Clementine in Baywatch? <laughs> Give me Clementine in Baywatch over this shit. I have movie has become self-aware. We must kill it with fire. But, you know. <laughs> How can you kill that which has no life, John? With fire. <laughs> It is known. Okay. So she storms <laughs> off and the, the diamond b- mogul is like, oh, fuck, she still has that really big ass diamond on. Security. So she commits a horrible robbery, gets thrown in prison and the movie ends. No, no. They do a dive tackle and she tumbles down the stairs, snapping her neck. <laughs> like a million dollar baby. That's how the movie ends. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. Security casually walks up and says, hey, um. Just hand that back and go on fighting. Yeah, because Matthew McConaughey comes out because he's not done with her, damn it. And they're having their continuing to have the couples fight. And yeah, the security guard's like, hey, guys, you got you can kill each other. I'm just going to need the diamond. Cool. Thanks. Bye. This fight is terrible because they both seem oblivious to the fact that they're both dicks going into this relationship. They are both have no fucking self-awareness or right to be upset at the other person. Yeah. By the numbers, romantic comedy. And Matthew McConaughey's like, well, you wanted to lose a guy in 10 days? Good job. You lost him. And she says, well, you can't lose what you never had. And that makes no fucking sense because you did have him. <laughs> no, you had him. You did you you did lose him. So this makes no sense. Shitty comeback. Yeah, so she storms off into Bowling Green Park and go think about what you said and how it was stupid. The next day at the magazine, B.B. Neuwirth, she she loves Kate Hudson's article. In fact, she is now free to write about whatever she wants. She's like, cool, I can write about politics, religion. And B.B. Neuwirth's like, no, you work here. 
It's like we're a fashion mag. Shoes, makeup. Yeah, go write for The Economist if you want to write about that shit. Jesus. Yeah, again, copy-paste my first complaint. Now here at the end of the movie. (laughs) So Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson both individually decide to not go to the next game because they don't want to, they'd have to see each other. Kate Hudson watches it at Catherine Hahn's place. And Mike, the guy that dumped her and almost made her lose her job at the beginning of the movie, he shows up with flowers. Man, this was the scene we needed. That was the plot line I needed closure for. Let me tell you. I was on tender hooks, just, you know. This is Save the Cat moment where basically uh, the B plot gets resolved. Apparently that's a B plot. It's more substantial than the A plot, let me tell you. <laughs> because, yeah, so basically Mike comes like, well, you know, you, you sprayed perfume on my pillow and now I can't smell the smell anymore and I'd like to smell it again. And she's like, well, you can't handle the smell. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just came by to ask what brand it was, and I needed to pick some up to spray it on the pillow. <laughs> yeah, these flowers aren't for you, by the way. <laughs> You're still nuts and off-putting, but I do like that scent. Yeah. So was it Dior, or was it a Chanel? Just, you know. Uh, no, he's he's there with flowers because he wants her back, and she takes it back, and they start passionately making out in front of Kate Hudson. And where are they where are they going? That's a great question, Jules, because I like I was wondering why are they not kicking Kate Hudson out to like have mad New York Knicks sex kicking Kate Hudson out? No, they go into the hallway to I guess do it in the hallway. Because she says, Yeah, I know where your apartment is. It, what it does he live around the corner? I don't know. He could be in fucking the Bronx for all we know. So they yeah, they they go out. And now we're on set where Mrs. Delore uh Frenchly doing the commercial where you know, ladies frost yourself and God that magic. fucking t- that fucking slogan. I know, I know. Uh, does anyone else want cake right now? I I could go for cake. <laughs> I'm totally honest. No, no. It's put me <laughs> off cake. That's fine. That's more cake for Jules and me. Uh, so Adam, you have your cake. I'll have my cake and frosted too. <laughs> I am so put off of frosting right now. I'd rather have a bran muffin. <laughs> barley. <laughs> Just a bowl of shitty barley. Yes. So delicious. Uh, so Adam Goldberg rocks up on set with the latest copy of Composure and convinces Matthew McConaughey to read Kate Hudson's article. And some enlarged quotes let us know that Kate Hudson regrets what she did, that she lost the only guy she's ever fallen for. And by the way, we'll no longer be writing for a Composure magazine. This is her last article. Okay. I love how shitty this article is. You read it? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, no, no. It's basically what Adam Goldberg says. And then just a little bit more information. And then it's just like those two paragraphs repeated for two pages. It's the worst fucking article. And so I kind of love it. And then at the very end, there is a, this is my last article. But like there's the heading for some reason. There's a heading for last article. And it's still more of what you've already read. And then there's a tiny like two sentences of, I'm no longer going to be with this magazine. (laughs) It's so lazy. I actually have to appreciate it. It's no parachuting ham and Bibles during World War II. Oh, no, 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 no. It ain't got shit on Airbud, but that is a high bar to clear. (laughs) And this works. Uh, Matthew McConaughey runs to the magazine office to find Kate Hudson. Uh, Ask Catherine Hahn and generic friend where she is. Oh, well, she quit, and she has an interview in Washington. So at which point he goes back to his apartment, waits, and calls her when she arrives, right? But but then we wouldn't have a an end of the movie, Jules. I mean, it would just make absolutely no sense for him to do a mad dash to the airport, because there are no stakes. It's, it's just a phone call. 
And we know she has a cell phone. Yes. And we know her friends are willing to give him information about her. So reasonableness, rom-coms. You can't have both. You have to choose. Fair <laughs> the fuck enough. Also, he recognizes Catherine Holloway. I was like, oh, you, you were a therapist. Okay, cool. You owe me 300 bucks. Uh, otherwise, I'm calling the cops. I really wanted this to be the the cliche mad dash at the airport. Since this movie is slightly post 9-11 and he would have gotten so fucking tackled. <laughs> Just <laughs> shot in the back of the head as he ran through security. Seriously. But no, instead he's uh, riding his motorcycle through traffic in New York City. He gets um, knocked over and dies. Very dark ending, but I didn't see it coming. I will give the movie credit. I yeah. did not see Matthew McConaughey dying in the mad dash. Yeah, especially since he already took that tumble off the fire escape yeah exactly it's amazing that he managed to die twice in this movie <laughs> <laughs> plot twist his blood on the wilted fern that he took from the office for whatever fucking <laughs> yes. reason he doesn't meet joe black and pinballs off of a few cars <laughs> yes yeah so he chases her after she gets into a cab at her apartment and on not the brooklyn bridge but the other one is this the one that godzilla tunneled under that is brooklyn bridge honestly if godzilla just like jumped up and like bit <laughs> the bridge and just ate them right now i would forgive this whole movie <laughs> it would be so fucking worth it if that's just how it ended <laughs> But no, that's not what happened. The cab pulls over and he holds up the magazine. He's like, did you mean this? And she's like, yes, I meant it. Okay, well, why are you leaving? You can write anywhere. You're running away. I'm not running away. And he says bullshit, which calls back to the card game they were playing with his family where she felt welcome and loved. Aw. Making out ensues. And then he gives the cabbie a bunch of cash. He's like, take her luggage back to apartment. She has alternate transportation. And that's when the cabbie turned around. I was like, no, pal, that's not how this works. Plus, he's being very presumptive. About how much it's going to cost, yes. No, presumptive about her choice. And also that the cabbie fucking remembers where he picked her up at. Exactly. I also like the notion that they went off to go have, I don't know, another shitty romance scene somewhere. And so now the cabbie just like leaves the bags by the door and drives away and all their shit gets stolen. (laughs) If you think the doorman extra or the old couple at the party extras were awkward, this cabbie is like three times more awkward. Yeah. It's just sort of awkwardly watching them on the side. What am I supposed to be doing right now? (laughs) As he leans out the window. Yeah, but I think that's a thought the character should be having. What the fuck am I supposed to be doing all of a sudden? I'm pulled on the (laughs) side of the bridge in a construction area. Smartphones don't exist yet. And I'm supposed to return to where I picked this lady up? The fuck? Because I have cash. Dude, take the money and run. That's what I say. Hell yeah. Yeah. Anyways, making out ensues, calls him Benny Boo 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 again, and that's funny because she did that when she was being a bitch. And then that's where I have, um, never mind, I'll take my money back, get your ass back in the cab. Yeah, go to Washington. As a matter of fact, go to Washington State. Like, let's put some fucking distance <laughs> between Seriously, that. it's like, really? A post-credit scene where he drop kicks her off the bridge or something. <laughs> and that was how to lose a guy in... 10 days uh, but before we go as millennials we know that every movie and tv show has a moral even this one with morally bankrupt people so jules what did you learn today oh to just be terrible at dating and give up on your career for a relationship because that's the dream exactly like the strong independent woman you are <laughs>
And John, how about you? I simply learned that the key to success is gambling. (laughs) And I learned how just insanely comfortable I am with my masculinity. Just how (laughs) at peace I am with it. How tampons don't scare me. I'm not going to fucking like have my dick fall off just because I saw some Vagisil. Just made me feel good about myself. Oh, and before we go, we also need to tell you what we're doing next time. So, John, what do the folks at home have to look forward to? Up next, we're leaving New York City for a land of magic and wonder as we delve into some Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, boy. Normally, I enjoy Dungeons and Dragons, but I think I'm not going to enjoy this iteration of it because none of us are the DM. Uh, So, John, do you have a a review to get us uh, primed for, for Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, my God. It was so hard to pick just one. I got to say, these were amazing. (laughs) So in a one and a half star review from Sci-Fi Movie Page. I love the half. Already so into this. Dungeons and Dragons is funny in a so bad it's good manner. It isn't particularly original, but at least the production designs are better than expected and doesn't drag on for too long. Nor does it spend too much time on endless board meetings and a wooden, unbelievable love affair. There, I said it. I still like it better than Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I love the I love the fact that one of the one of the comments is at least it's not too long. It doesn't drag on too long. <laughs> if you're gonna be bad, just be short. You know, just... yeah. <laughs> be mercifully short. Ah. Uh... And that's our show. If you'd like to, please subscribe. If you'd love to, please share it with all your friends. And whether you liked it or loved it, we'd appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help others find us. Also, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Links to all of that are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Millennial Rewind.